One shining moment is right. It's March. The March Madness begins tomorrow. Well, it's not going to be tomorrow by the time you hear this, but March Madness is upon us, and we have our special bracket show for you tonight. Live bracket picks tonight, Sox. Live bracket picks. The tension, I mean, you could cut it with a butter knife. <laughs> Absolutely could cut it with a butter knife. And, and while we're doing this, we have... What appears to be a garbage basketball game between <laughs> the ninth place St. John's Red Storm in the Big East, or did they come in? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, somewhere around ninth, and somehow made the NCAA tournament. But hey, when you eat cupcakes for two months, I guess this is what you get. I don't know. Seriously, and that's something we actually need to talk about. Actually, let's just go right into that because we all just came from an NIT basketball like, game. Speaking of garbage basketball games. <laughs> <laughs> We all just came from a, a, a big NITW for the Xavier Musketeers. This is Sports Intoxication, by the way, the podcast that you've waited your entire life for, and it's here. And we've waited our entire lives for an NITW, and we got one tonight. Well, 18 years of my life. Anyway. 18 years since... Maybe 19. Yeah, eight, no, 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I hope I'm waiting at least another 19 before... Well, not before the next one. I hope they win the next four. But after those four, another 19 years before the, the next NITW. Yes. And a possible NIT home game. Yeah. We're looking to hang a banner. Yeah. Right let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Still have some work to take care of in Austin, Texas. Yeah. But, you know, banners, banners will wait. So, uh, speaking of the cupcake schedule, I think that that's a really good topic to talk about as we all know that Xavier missed the NCAA tournament and for a lot of years Xavier had what I would say is the formula for advancing to the NCAA tournament and I think it was some recipe of play mid-majors that are at the top of their conference and then play high majors that are in the middle of their conference that could give you the kind of wins that you need because they beat somebody else that's a high major that's going to be in the tournament. And this year, that recipe didn't work out because they didn't beat the high majors and they really struggled with some of the mid-major games early. Uh, but the committee rewarded cupcake schedules, right? I mean, that's certainly what it looks like. You have... I mean, we're watching St. John's right now, and they went 12-1 and in the non-conference, and probably the only team on their non-conference schedule that I can name right now is Duke, who they got beat by about 40. And then the rest of their non-conference schedule was garbage. Like, And, and Xavier's non-conference schedule wasn't very good this year. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, they, they just... This year was just it, hopefully an aberration, but... True, but they had a chance to play... They did. They, they could have... In Maui, or yeah, yeah, yeah. The but schedule was like, okay. I was gonna say they could have instead of scheduling Missouri, they could have scheduled a weaker team, and, and if they do that, maybe they get to instead of eighteen and fifteen, they're nineteen and fourteen, and it probably still doesn't help them. But maybe they're in the playing game instead of St. John's. I I would rather have the precedence that the committee looks at solid wins, strength of schedule, because as a fan. I would rather see Xavier playing good teams as opposed to six or seven guarantee games during the non-conference before they get to Big East. Totally agree. 
Thank you, Chase. And by the way, I forgot to introduce everybody because we were so excited about One Shining Moment, and this podcast is just One Shining Moment. But we are joined tonight by the man that's back from, he's like the prodigal son. He's yeah. back after a missed podcast and being all over the country and apparently turned down multiple offers from multiple big Cable. The problem, socks, is your liver can only take so much alcohol alcohol before you have to come back to your roots. So here I am, <laughs> joined by, joined by Chase, joined by the kid, and then we have a special, somewhat silent guest tonight who's gonna kind of just chime in when when he sees, you know, kind of a too short get in where you fit in kind of thing. Uh, Chase's brother, Kevin Chase. Hey guys, I just want to say that uh, number one, great to be here. Number two, the Johnnies have some impressive road wins this year against Rutgers, California, Virginia Commonwealth, and Georgia Tech. So let's not rag on that schedule too much. <laughs> there you go. Look, That's... I mean, he's like already stat boy, like stepping in. <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought it was, I guess. <laughs> well, there's that. But one of the things that I – and I'm going to get to you real quick in a second, kid. But one of the things that I thought when the field was released – one of my favorite college basketball personality writers, whatever he is, uh, Brian Snow from 24-7, said he just got a text from a high major assistant coach that said the price of a buy game for next year just went up by $50,000. So all these little schools that know they're going to get blown out when they play a road game and usually you're not looking to fill your schedule unless you are the SEC well, or the Big Ten. Uh, you're, you're not you looking to fill your schedule with these teams, and now these teams are going to have their pick of the the dollars because the committee this year looked at W's and not necessarily quality things. And, like, kid, you and I talked about last time we recorded, they didn't look at one of the hottest teams in the country coming in. And I'm not saying that Xavier's resume is tournament-worthy, but I think that the way they played down the stretch was worthy of – I think they're one of the best 30 teams in the country, like Steele said. But I think they are at this point, but you have to you can't just play well for the last month of the season. Yeah. They, in my opinion, they did not deserve to get in. If they beat Villanova, we can talk about it. Even then, I'm I still don't think they get in. I think they needed to win the whole thing. What do we think about Villanova though? Are they think they might be pretenders? Because they struggled until they hit the Big East season, and the Big East is down this year. Totally, they got. I mean, they got their doors blown off by Michigan early, but I think that Villanova kind of went through a similar thing that X went through. They got through it a little bit faster, but when they lose Jalen Brunson and uh, DiVincenzo and Omari Spellman and Michael Bridges, yeah, I mean, like they lost a ton, and they had a lot coming in, and they had a five-star point guard that didn't play very much at all this year. Um, they had. The four-star power forward stretch four that X was recruiting hard that didn't play Slider. much at all this year. And they had Sadiq Bay. Who <laughs> was sneaky. Had a really nice freshman right, year. I mean, Nova's going to be nasty next year. Yeah. Well, getting back to the schedule real quick, I think the issue that you have is with the non-conference games. And I've heard this brought up a few different places. So, um, But it's just these conferences are getting so big anymore. You're playing 18 and 20 in some cases in the Big Ten. I think they have 20 conference games. And like the Big Ten this year, they had 75, or all of their teams were within the top 80 of the net. So 
you have those 20 games that are tough games. The Big East had all 10 teams within 100. So, like, from a scheduling perspective going forward, yeah, you are just going to see these bye games continue to become more relevant because yep. when you're playing night in and night out against top-tier teams in your conference, like, it's an overall body of work. That's what gets you into the tournament. It's not just your out-of-conference schedule. So that's where I think you have. I have an issue with it. Like, it's an entire season. It's 30 games, and 20 of them are against conference teams, but they're really good conference teams for the most part. Well, and so, as we've seen in the Big East firsthand, there's – I mean, St. John's is in the tournament, and whether the right, wrong, or indifferent, they are. But DePaul was a top 100 team this yeah. year. And beat X at home. Yeah, and so that's the issue. And then, like, you look at X's schedule, they're a win. And granted, they got their doors blown off of Missouri. But you win a game at Missouri, which is a ter- like a pretty poor SEC team. Like, I think they did a great job. The schedule was perfectly fine this year for the talent that they had. And they were a position at the end of the year where they needed one or two wins to get into the tournament. And they went through a two-month lull. That happens with the, you know, the team that they had, but they put together a fine schedule, and I think you're just going to continue to see them do the same sort of philosophy going forward. It just gets hard when you have these larger conferences and you're playing top hundred teams every night for the last three months of the season. There's really not an incentive to go out. Like you can't do what NC State did and have the 350, like the worst non-conference in the mm-hmm. country. But if they had a 250 non-conference schedule, a hundred spots higher, they're in the tournament. Yeah, like. So, it's a fine line, but, I mean, if you schedule correctly with the bye games and you win what you should, you're going to lose games and you'll get in. Like, it's not, I don't think it's rocket science, really. I mean, with the, as big as these conferences are, that's the issue that we're going to have going forward. And it's only going to get worse. Texas was a first four team out. In Indiana had 16, 16 losses. They, went, they won one game the first two and a half months of 2019. But they're still in the bubble because they play in the Big Ten, and they had really good opportunities, and they got really good wins. Beat Michigan State twice. Like that's, I mean, it sucks as a fan because you want to see good non-conference games, and those exempt tournaments are always going to be there, and you're going to get one or two good games out of that. And then you have your rivalry games with UC and Wake Forest. So, and Wake's not great, but there's really only so many games that you can schedule, right? And you have totally. to get those buy games at home, so like... Well, they almost lost. I mean, the last two years even though, I mean, last year was a number one seed for X, but they almost lost to Middle Tennessee State or East, East Tennessee, Tennessee State. State. Tennessee one, State of the, yeah. one of the directional Tennessee programs. The part about scheduling for me anyways is that when we do the Big Ten Challenge next year, if we're in it, it's going to be against Wisconsin. And when we get the Big 12 Challenge, it's Probably going to be against Baylor. It's absolutely going to be against Baylor. We've played Baylor a hundred times. Baylor and, and if they ever do it, it's the yearly rivals. It'll be Colorado. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, can we just get like one game in the Cintas Center against Kansas or Ohio State or Michigan State? It will not be in the Big Ten Challenge next year. I will tell you that. It will not happen. So, should we talk dance brackets? I say we, yeah, because we we we. 
Xavier's still alive in the NIT, but we don't need to <laughs> but spend. No one cares about that. We don't need to spend us. a ton of time on that. <laughs> so, so let's move on because now you've made it 12 minutes and 45 seconds into this podcast, and now you get rewarded with actual entertaining content that doesn't <laughs> revolve around the NIT. Congratulations, <laughs> you made it. So let's get into let's get into brackets, and we'll start with uh, a couple of interesting slash upset kind of games in the first round. Here, we're not going to go through all the games for three or four brackets here. We're just going to kind of get into a couple things that are some some fun games to watch slash upset watch. Uh, Mr. Mr. B. Chase, we'll start with you. All right, so upset-wise, um, I I don't know. I, I watched Belmont against Temple. I thought they looked good. I, I feel like Maryland's really young. Uh, so I like Belmont over Maryland. As far as games that are most interesting in the first round, the game the game that I'm most interested in the first round, there are a couple 7-10 games that I really want to watch. Um, one is Nevada-Florida. I think Florida's been pr- playing really well, but I think Nevada is, as far as talent goes, they are significantly better than a 7 seed. Top 10 preseason, um, right? I was going to say, I actually have them going pretty far in the tournament, which we'll get into, but I'm interested to see how that game unfolds. And then... Um, the other game is Wofford-Seton Hall. Seton Hall has been playing well about the last two and a half weeks. Wofford, you know, everybody talks about how well they shoot it, and uh, they're, what, 28 or 29 and 4. So everybody's, you know, saying, oh, Wofford's going to roll over Seton Hall, and I don't see it that way, but I'm really interested. I think that's going to be a, a great game. K-Chase. Well, game I'm interested to see is Marquette, Murray State, Obviously, you got Howard versus Ja Morant. I'm not super impressed by Marquette. They've been struggling down the stretch. I think they might get upset. Also interested to see Kansas State uh, versus the UC Irvine Anteaters. Mascot of Peter the Anteater. <laughs> the Anteaters, I mean, they're always interesting just because they're the freaking Anteaters. Yeah. And, and good call. I mean, like, I didn't know it was Peter the Anteater, so that's, that's something learned out there. Podcast Man. land. So Kansas State has that white guy. I don't know if he's playing or not, but he's been kind of injured for the last two months of the season. Tried to look up his name, couldn't find it. So hard hitting news right there. Kansas State has a white guy that may or may not play. May or may not play. <laughs> well done, Kev. Well done. Kid. Right, uh, my most interesting uh, game I'm really intrigued to watch is tomorrow or Thursday. It's LSU and Yale. Um, I watched a little bit of Yale in the Ivy League tournament, and I think they're pretty talented. They can get up and down the floor. LSU is obviously without their coach. I could see that being a 3-14. We've seen one of those, it seems like, the past few years. I think that's the best-case scenario for a 14 to get a win, potentially. Um, in terms of upsets, I actually do have the one that Kevin just talked about, UC Irvine beating Kansas State. Um, but since he just touched on that, I will go with um, Northeastern beating Kansas. So both Kansas schools out um, tomorrow at uh, 6.30. Both Kansas schools will be out of the tournament. So who knows? I just don't think Kansas is uh, all that. I have no idea what Northeastern is uh, other than a school in the Northeast. But... um, I'm not even sure that's accurate. I think they're from Louisiana, actually. It could be in the northeastern section of a state, but we'll have to let's well let's let's Google that. 
<laughs> fairly confident they're in the Northeast. I mean, it's that's a fair. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. So, Saxy, what do you got, buddy? <laughs> All right. So my my upset is the uh, aforementioned Marquette Murray State. I got Murray State winning that game. Marquette, as we know, as Big East basketball fans, coughed up a boom. There we go. We haven't done that in a while. Marquette coughed up about a three-game lead in the Big East and lost. Fox Sports 1 doesn't let you do that. <laughs> that's Four-game lead. That's why he's here. Four-game lead. Four games with five to go. And I just – there's been a ton of talk about John Morant all year, and he's a top-five pick in the NBA draft, it would seem. And then I agree – well, there's a couple games, but I think Nevada, Florida. But also I love the, the Seton Hall – Wofford game just because uh, again Seton Hall well, Seton Hall is going to be good next year uh, but the Powell kid is pretty incredible and they're surrounded by some talent there I think whoever UK gets in that game whoever UK is going to beat Abilene Christian but either Wofford or Seton Hall I think Seton Hall's already beaten them but I think I could see Wofford and Seton Hall giving UK a game in that second round matchup yeah, no I, matter who it is. I was going to say, I think that that game will be a good game, but I don't think it matters who it is. UK is, is going to yeah, win no, that they're going to win. I think it'll be a better game than people. Northeastern, think, by the way, is in Boston, Massachusetts, so that to, I think qualifies as a Northeastern not, university. Not to Vermont or <laughs> New Hampshire or Maine. Not Northeastern Louisiana. I wish you were thinking of Northwestern State. I think that... If Seton Hall wins in the first round, they're going to come out and get beat by Kentucky by about 48 points. Because Kentucky's going to have revenge on their minds. Yeah. They called a number. I like it. I'd also like to read this headline I just searched for. Um, K-State forward Dean Wade, whitest name ever, doubtful to play for Wildcats in the NCAA tournament. pretty white. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There was a white guy used to play for the pa- or a black guy used to play for the Patriots with the last name Chase. I believe his first name was Samuel. All right. Is that a white name? Uh, that guy was black. We're, we're getting into some gray area here on the podcast for the first time. I like it. It's gonna be a lot of go either way, guys. Probably you know? a lot of call-ins tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Facebook page is gonna be just littered with all kinds of stuff. I love it. Is this a PC uh, podcast? Or it hasn't been. Well, you know, we're missing a, our non-PC <laughs> compliant member of the That's podcast. Your job. <laughs> so, so you're filling in. Uh, you're filling those shoes well. All right. So interesting games and and, and upsets are gone. Let's talk Elite Eight. We'll go same order, or let's let's mix it up. Let's go reverse order. Yes. Yeah, so, reverse. Reverse. Um, <laughs> for me, see what you did there. Starting the East region, I got chalk. Duke, Michigan State. I don't really think either one of those teams get too challenged until then. I got Duke coming out of that region. No surprise. Go down to the West. A little bit of anarchy down here. I actually have Florida State versus Texas Tech to get to the Final Four, and I have Texas Tech from the Big Twelve getting to a Final Four for. I would assume their first time in school history, but that is a very educated guess, I think. I feel like that's a large assumption based on the fact that you're also assuming they're going to get past the NKU Norse in the first round. <laughs> There's my predictions, so yes. <laughs> yep. uh, if you go up to the top right in the region, the south region, the defensive region, um, I got Virginia, Tennessee. Stupid me, I'm picking Virginia to go to the Final Four. Uh, coming off last year's debacle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then 
the game of the tournament, the first game of the tournament in the Midwest uh, regional final, UNC-UK. And I got UNC coming out of that. And uh, title game, Duke-North Carolina, which will be epic if it gets there. And I actually have the North Carolina Tar Heels cutting down the nets wow. in Minneapolis. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, then I will go ahead and I'll go in the same order that you went. As far as the East region, I have Duke and Maryland. Uh, Wait, they're getting beat by Belmont this week. So, well, that's according to you. But I have Maryland just because I think this, as you mentioned, LSU Yale's crazy. Uh, and then I don't trust the, the recent play of Michigan State in the tournament. I think Michigan State's got a good team. But I got Duke, Maryland, and then I have Duke going to the, the Final Four. And then as I go down to the West, I have Gonzaga, Michigan, Michigan goes on to the final four. Shocker. I mean, I couldn't take Shocker. all the one seeds. In the south region, UVA and Villanova. Just that time of year. I mean, yeah. again, I don't I'm with you, sucks. I don't trust them, but I trust them more than I trust Purdue. You didn't trust Jermaine Samuels to make two threes in the last two minutes of the big exactly. semifinals, so, did you? Jay Wright and he versus did. Purdue. Jay Wright versus Tennessee. Right. Like, okay, I'll take I mean, Jay Wright. We, like, it doesn't matter if we're talking coaches, coaching, or like suit selection. Oh. Jay Wright versus Matt Painter is just a complete mismatch. That's a 116. What about Jay Wright oh versus God. Rick Barnes, though? What about Jay Wright versus McCrone? Rick. Now, he's, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. All right, we're off topic. <laughs> yeah. Now we get down to the Midwest. And then uh, I have Kansas and UK. Uh, in the Elite Eight. And I just, again, like, I think UNC, I, I could see easily see UNC being in the national title game. But I had this poll against trying to have so many ACC teams in the, the Elite Eight slash Final Four. And then as I zoom out here, I have Duke beating UVA in the national title game, which that seems like a terrible idea. I don't know why I did that. Two all ACC finals so far. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have gone Duke-UK. I might change that for the the, poll, the purposes of my <laughs> thing here, but for the purposes of the podcast, it's done deal. It's recorded. So there you go. All right. K-Chase. Uh, first, I want to say I don't feel good about any of these picks, but <laughs> we're making them. So in the East, I've got Duke and Michigan State, straight chalk. Duke over the Spartans. Going down to the West, I've got the Gonzaga Bulldogs versus the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have... Paul Paul Dan- isn't Tyler Croft on that team now? Paul, Paul Daner Jr.'s favorite <laughs> road visit. <laughs> That's true. I hear it's the, uh, the Sharonville of New York. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. I work in Sharonville, and I visited Buffalo for New York or for work. It's an accurate statement. All right. So hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna get crazy here. We're gonna take the Buffalo Bills to the Final Four. <laughs> I don't know why, but I told you I didn't feel good about these picks. Is that their uh, real mascot? What is it? The Bulls. No, I'm just. I, I, that was an honest question. I didn't know. No one circles leggings like the Buffalo Bulls. South region, Virginia versus UT. I'm taking the, the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh. 
Uh, Midwest, I've got the Auburn Tigers losing to the Kentucky Wildcats. It's a very SEC feel to this. Hey, it's a strong year for the SEC. It is. It is. It might is. be it might be one time where the SEC is actually good at something outside of Alabama. It's, a, it's an Ohio <laughs> State reference right there. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> yeah, we don't understand that. Um, anywho, finals, Duke. Uh, versus UK, and I'm going to take Coach Calipari and the UK Wildcats. UK cuts down the nets. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel good about it, but that's. Oh, I mean, I like that. I was different. It was, right. in, it was interesting too, Kevin. It's <laughs> more, it's, it's more just because everybody's going to pick Duke, and if somehow Duke doesn't win, maybe you saw I'll an win opportunity some money this year. You saw an opportunity, you took it, and so there's money picked, on the line here. Matt picked North Carolina. Kevin picked Kentucky. You picked Duke. Duke over North UVA. Carolina. Or UVA. UVA. All right. All right. So I've got in the East, I have a an Elite Eight of Duke and LSU, which is probably an awful pick. They'll, they might lose in the first round, but I, they're very talented. They just don't have a coach, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, and But I picked Duke to the Final Four. In the West... Uh, I also have Florida State, which I think Matt had. And then instead of Texas Tech, I have Nevada beating Texas Tech in the Sweet 16 to get to the Elite Eight. And then I have Nevada beating Florida State to get to the Final Four. Uh, so that is maybe a bit of a crazy pick, but like, I, I don't know. I've, I've watched Michigan a few times this year, and I just have not come away impressed. And, th- and then I look at who else is in the bottom of this bracket, and I'm like... I, there's no one that I feel good about. So the West is kind of like a, a, what's that called when you like witness a crime and you, you turn on the person. Like it's like the freaking anonymous society. Like there's no, I mean there's there's no one that what's that called like witness protection program. That's what the West <laughs> is. There's no there's no one there. It's like oh, holy cow, this yeah. team's gonna just march. Like I agree with you. Michigan's completely and incredibly inconsistent. Gonzaga, no one ever knows anything about. Yeah. Like. Which probably just means that Gonzaga is going to win every game by yeah. twenty points and march right sure. to the Final Four. But that's not—that's I, I, not how I have it picked. So I've got Duke, Nevada on one side of the Final Four. Uh, in the South, I have uh, Virginia versus Nova in the Elite Eight, which is I think what Sox had. I picked Virginia to the Final Four. Um, Nova. It's just someone said it's that time of year. I—I I, I just. You can't bet against well, I them said until that they. Because I'm the only other like, person that probably hasn't getting out of the first round. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. They just find a way to win. They they just do it every year, um, or at least two of the last three. And then in the Midwest, um, I also have uh, North Carolina, Kentucky, which I think is by far the best lead eight game. It, it's it's the first game where you have two national title contenders. Um, I have picked Kentucky to the Final Four in that game. Um, but I think the best the best pod is uh, in the the Midwest where you have North Carolina uh, and then you have a, a potential Auburn Kansas matchup in the second round and Auburn or Kansas versus Carolina I think is a great game and then Carolina versus Kentucky is a great game like that bracket's gonna be a lot of fun to watch uh, so my final four is Duke Nevada Virginia and Kentucky I've got. Um, Kentucky and Duke in the finals and Duke beating Kentucky again, not by as much as they did on the first night of the season, but 
I think they they will win again, and, and Duke will be cutting down the nets. There you unfortunately. go. There you go. That's four four brackets. I think they're all very different, and I think we wager one year of Chase's Twins college tuition. Just, <laughs> like just throw that, that out sounds there. Great. That sounds like a no lose situation <laughs> for me. <laughs> No, we'll, we'll come up with something different. Maybe some well, you drinks. You still have to pay us one year of tuition. Oh, well, yeah, it comes out. Yeah. That's why I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's trouble. We get to put it towards whatever we want. <laughs> you have to put it towards tuition. Yeah, it could, could be donated back, but I don't like the chances with this group. All right. Well, that's the NCAA tournament, and you heard it here first. You just pick one of those four brackets, and it'll probably happen exactly that way. Yeah, but no. yeah. Take those picks to Vegas. Yeah. Except the Buffalo Bills pick, don't do that. No, I think that I, I mean, there there could be something there. You could, like the, the Buffalo Bills, well the Bulls, but Nevada. I mean, there's I like I had a really hard time with this bracket without putting just nothing but ones and twos in the Elite Eight. Like yeah. I had to. There's not a game. There's not a team really you look at a region or anything like that that you see really a big sleeper at least yeah. most people don't i mean well i think sees buffalo which is fine and yeah. they could nevada they're not a seven seed i mean they're better than that they just they kind of got disinterested during the course of the year yeah. and it's a new season for them they're gonna be fine but i think that's what's interesting is is the east the south and the midwest i think are all very chalky but the west um, you know, i mean i think people might be a little bit down on gonzaga and michigan but you know I, I, that's that's the region where I see the the potential most potential turmoil. Yeah, none of us have Gonzaga, and I mean, rightfully so. We don't watch them play, but I mean, they're they're obviously very good. Yeah, very talented. I mean, they, we watched them in Maui, and they, and they beat Duke, and they yeah. looked amazing doing it. And I, like but said, I think they very well could run through that yeah. region, but you know. And I think that's well, what happened two years ago when Xavier went to the Elite Eight and played him. It was like. You know, Gonzaga had never done it, and everyone was like, well, you know, there there yeah. were other good teams like Arizona, and, and I think Kentucky was on their side. Um, and Gonzaga, I mean, just murdered everybody. Yeah. Got to the, and then lost, ended up losing to Carolina in the title game. But Yeah, so it'll be interesting. It's always a blast to watch. None of these are going to go as expected, that's for sure. It'll be something crazy. All of these will probably be broken up by Friday or Saturday as somebody yeah. loses. Yeah, what but. I can't wait to see is I, I feel like every year when I look at the bracket, I think, well, I have to pick chalk. Like, there's not there's not teams that are going to lose in the first round. And then inevitably, 40% of the higher seeds lose in the first round. It's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. I think that this year, because the, the bubble was so weak and there wasn't really... A lot of teams that you saw stepping forward that had a late surge or a, a team that you knew was capable of winning on any night that just struggled for a while. Like, I didn't see a lot of that this year. I saw more of the just, I mean, mediocrity across the board. And so I think this, this year, for me in particular, I think it was a little harder to not pick a lot of chalk. Uh, but I agree it does get tougher and tougher every year. Um, the thing that I wanted to touch on real quick while we're on the topic of the NCAA basketball tournament was, is there any feelings about the other local team, the draw, the they're, they're local. I mean, they're, an hour and a, they're playing an hour and a half away. They play Iowa, and then they play Tennessee. And I think nationally there's actually a fair amount of talk about how that was kind of a tough draw for Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, my personal thought, I you know, 
looking at it right now, obviously you're not going to be a six seed in the Midwest with, with Houston as the three. So then your other options are uh, you can go to the south, the east, or the west. And, and the three seeds there are Purdue, LSU, and Texas Tech. And honestly, the, the 11 seeds, okay, St. John's probably isn't going to win this game. So then you've got Arizona State, uh, you've got Belmont, and you've got St. Mary's. Maybe I'd rather play St. Mary's than Minnesota. But other than that, Minnesota is probably the worst team. So, like, you got to. I, if you're a UC fan, I feel like you have to feel good about the first round game. And then the second round game, if you're talking Tennessee, Purdue, LSU, or Texas Tech, give me Purdue. But if I can't have Purdue, Tennessee's probably the next team I'd, I'd want to play. And if you can give me that in Columbus, like, I feel pretty good about that. Like, that's where I'd want to be. So I, I don't think they can I, – I think the gripe should be with the American Athletic Conference and the fact that their conference tournament is on Sunday at 3.15 because that game didn't mean anything. Yeah. If, if that game's on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, then maybe UC bumps up a seed line. But even though they didn't, I, I don't think you can complain about the location. And out of the two seeds, like, you definitely want to play – I don't know. I think Tennessee is probably a team that, that UC matches up fairly well with, so I, I think you got to feel at least decent. Would have been at least locally fascinating to see him play UK. I think the Iowa matchup's interesting because I think I, like, I, I haven't watched a ton of Hawkeye basketball, but they play fast and shoot threes, I think. Uh, they got a lot of white guys. Kind of like the Toledo team that we saw play <laughs> yeah. at the Cintas. Not the Mud Hens, the Rockets. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> No minor league baseball reference there, but uh, I just I don't know. Like Tennessee's playing really well, and I think that as you are probably going to say, they slow down so much this time of year. They play such a yeah. I mean, I I think they got a great draw. I think they're going to destroy Iowa. I think they beat Iowa by fifteen to twenty, and then I think they turn around and I actually think they get their doors blown off by Tennessee. I think they play similar styles, but Tennessee is just better. Uh, they got Admiral Schofield, uh, Grant Williams, uh, Admiral Schofield, UC, yeah, and they have similar guys, but they don't have somebody that can stop him. Like, is Admiral Schofield related to David Robinson, or is that just like, I don't, like, I, don't I don't know. But that dude's a stud. I mean, Tennessee's got probably three pros, maybe a fourth. Yeah, it's in Columbus. I think UC loses that game 10 to 15, like, doors blown off, but they, they lose by double digits, I think, to Tennessee. Um, and then... The last question would be, how many football players make the team make after the tryout, <laughs> after they lose in the second right. round? First of all, Six? I have a couple points I would like to make about the UC Bearcats. Number one, if they were a six seed, they could have possibly played the Ohio State Buckeyes, who, if we recall, the first game in the new Shoemaker Center they couldn't have played them. blew the doors off of them. Can't have a rematch in the first round. So that's not true. So there goes that. But you had something else. <laughs> what right? else you got? You're thinking about you saying you and your facts. Uh, second thing is that I think this works out well for if no one else, Mick Cronin, because his biggest gripe is that UC always gets sent out west. Now that they're playing in Columbus, he can just gripe about how they they didn't get seated right. You know, as a seven, they should have been seated higher. They're seated close to home, but they well, should have been seated higher. And his his whole west thing kind of like that. 
he got that blown out a couple years ago when they started doing like the pod thing where you don't actually have to go out west to be in the west region like could you just imagine he's just gonna complain about just something. imagine if UC was the two seed and had to play a seven seed Tennessee in Nashville like could you oh. just imagine what he would be saying like shut Ooh. the fuck up Mick you <laughs> suck like quit complaining win basketball games in March like I'm sorry J.P. McCurry has more NCAA tournament wins than you. Stop talking. Go win games. Ding. It's simple as that. Like, I'm sorry. You, at some point, it's put up or shut up. Do it. You blew a 22-point lead last year to Nevada. You had the easiest draw to the Final Four that you could have gotten. And you had the best team you've ever had. And you choked. Like, I just... Yeah. He finds something to complain about. He'll find something to complain about this year. I'm sure he will. All these things are true. And I just... If the shoe's on the other foot and they were playing and they were a seven or whatever down in Nashville, yeah, like it would be the end of the world. Yeah. Yep. Like, but that's why when Louisville's job was open, they called Chris Mack and they did not call Mick Cronin. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. If by some grace of God they beat Tennessee, Sweet 16 Elite Eights in Louisville. So. They don't even have to get on a plane and could potentially. No. Well, they won't have to get on a plane because. They're not going to leave. Columbus. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like yeah. if <laughs> they play, they have potentially could play four games within an hour and a half of their campus. Yeah. yeah. There's. So I mean, well, whatever. Uh, All right. Yeah. I, it, the other thing, so makes complaints like to me, if you advance to the second round of the tournament, like it really doesn't. To me, it doesn't necessarily matter where you play. Like. You're one of the top 32 teams in the country. You can, at that point, if you advance in the tournament, usually you're playing really good basketball. So you can play with pretty much anybody. So well, and you're like, going to be playing a really good team. You're going to be playing a really good team. But generally, you're playing well, too. At least that's, as a Xavier fan, that's usually what's been happening, you know, when they advance. So, I don't know. Just, Mick is an enigma. He's Mick. All right, let's move on, because we could spend hours there. But... Really quickly. We could go to some really dark places. <laughs> <laughs> really quickly, uh, in Cincinnati professional football news, uh, a longtime staple of the team who probably should have been cut or traded a year and a half, two years ago, was released this week in Vontez Perfect. Any thoughts? Any uh, eulogies about his career? Any, anybody have any really emotional things that they want to say about the the life and times of Vontez Perfect as a Cincinnati Bengal? We'll start over here with K Chase. I uh, I wish him well, and I hope that he enjoys his last two career concussions as an Oakland Raider before he retires. That's with Antonio Brown. Now. Speaking of a little bit dark. Oh. Uh, Wow! I didn't even think about that. No, I mean, uh, like you're right. He's had a lot of concussion issues. He tackles with his face and sometimes the crown of his helmet, and gets suspended a lot too. And yeah, I mean, you look like you have something to say. I just, I mean, the guy for all of his warts, and he has a lot of them. He was a relatively decent player for the Bengals, Mm -hmm. and he had. What could have been, or he did make an iconic play yeah. in Bengals franchise history. It just so happens that they turn around and shit down their leg. And he was part of that, but too. I'm just saying, like, he, he provided some moments when yeah. he was here that, you know, great, but it's time, move on, more than time 
to move on. So yeah, you know, wish him well. And totally. Whatever. I mean, I like that Zach Taylor got rid of him, and that's really all I got. The thing that I took away from this this whole situation was, again, come back to Brian Snow, who is a Bengals fan, but always be better than your problems. And Vontez Perfect stopped being better than his problems. He stopped being a better player than all the other stuff that he brought to the locker room, all the other stuff that he – well, I mean, I don't know. He might have been a great teammate. I say that, and I need to retract that statement because he might have been a great teammate. But he was suspended, then he came in overweight, then he wasn't in game shape, like all this stuff. Be bigger than your problems. He wasn't. Time to move on. That takes us to the Cincinnati Reds. We're about a week away from opening day. Do we not want to talk about uh, the seven – or the three years, twenty-one million dollar contract we gave to I mean, Bobby Hart. There's, there's a lot there that to unwrap, and it's bad. If we, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I think you just summed it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're always going to say the same thing on this one. It's it's classic Bengals. It's confusing, it to say the least. I always feel like in these kind of situations, somebody sees something that everybody else doesn't, and usually in these situations. Everybody, Everybody else was else right. Was right. <laughs> it reeks of Mike Brown, and I don't like it. I mean, was Cedric Abuehi not available to take three years and $21 million? Like, did he just <laughs> completely pass on that? Because he could give it to somebody else. Like, But, yeah, that was puzzling. That was very puzzling. I think we'll, uh, that wraps up Bengals talk. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll revisit after the draft. Yeah, and, and pre-drafts. But before we get out of here, we got to do – we got to put more money on the line for the Cincinnati Redlegs and what's going to happen with this season. Yeah, so last year, Sox, Jimmy, and I all said, oh, they're, they're going to turn the corner where they're going to be – I think we all said 81 and 81 or 82 and 80. Like, we were all right around that. And Matt goes, nope, they're going to win 72 games. They're going to go 72 and 90. And he was right. They didn't even make 72, (laughs) though. Yeah. Uh, So this year, I feel a lot better about them than I did last year. Um, So I think they'll do better than 81 wins, which is, I think, what I said last year. Uh, so I'm going to go 87 and 75, and I think if they uh, here here's what I think is exciting about them. If if the starting pitchers pitch to their baseball cards in the past, they can be better than that. Yeah. And if Luis Castillo takes the next step, then you then you basically have uh, four very solid starters and and Di Sclafani who has shown flashes in the past. If you have a starting five with, with of that caliber, I think their bullpen has a lot of talent. I think the position players, um, I mean, if you look at their infield, like their infield offensively was great last year, and then in their outfield, you get rid of Billy Hamilton, you add Puig, you add Kemp, uh, hopefully you add a full year of Jesse Winker, uh, and then Shebler was decent also. And, and then you've got Nick Senzel. So the, defensively in the outfield, I guess, and in the infield, especially on on the right side with Votto and Suarez, or Votto and uh, Scooter, um, maybe there's a little bit to be desired, but, like, if you can put guys on the field that can hit and can get on base, I I think that covers up a lot of mistakes on defense. So 
I don't know. I I'm I'm gonna say 87 and 75. Uh, I I think a worst case scenario for this team is the pitching gets hurt. They you know they end up in the mid 70s wins. I think best case for this team. I really think if if everything clicks, they could be a 93 94 win team and and go to the playoffs and then. You're playing with house money, and who knows what happens. So real quick, we'll just do this with everybody. You said 87 wins. That does, that probably doesn't get you in the playoffs based on the division. Buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Mm, wow. How you just years back to heaven. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what you do is I think if you can if you can get Puig on a multi-year deal, you, you start to explore that right now. Uh, I think Kemp, you try to sell. I think Alex Wood, if you can get him at a reasonable price – so I'm gonna say, not sellers, maybe not buyers, but not sellers. There's, I think I think still there's value there. in there's, those pieces that yeah. if you can get them back. And there's still pieces with Roark, and there's still pieces with uh, like I think the Hernandez and the Jared Hughes deals are coming up after this year because yeah. we're both two year deals. So so there's, okay. there's possibility. To, so I to, guess what I would say is if if you're not in it at the deadline, I would I would be sellers with the exception of. I would see if I could get Wood and Puig back. Those two I would see if I can get back. When I said buyer or seller at the deadline, I didn't expect three minutes. But <laughs> we'll go to K-Chase. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, my entire life as a Cincinnati professional sports fan, there's been, like, not a lot of not a lot to cheer for. So I will say uh, 83 wins, probably sellers at the trade deadline. But... I will say that I will go to more games this summer than I have gone to combined over the last three summers. One of the thing that's, things that's really kind of fun about this team is this team's fun. I mean, yeah, Yasiel Puig, like, yeah, there's no Billy Hamilton. Like, you know, Thank I mean, 10,000 people were showing up every night to watch Billy Hamilton yeah. play center field. I know. But, <laughs> goodness gracious. Yeah. All right, Kit. Uh, I got 81 and 81. Oh, perfectly 500. Always the pessimist, <laughs> except for during Bengals preseason. 13 and three. 13 and three. <laughs> mark it down. I was right on the Reds. Was right on Xavier. Was wrong on the Bengals. I missed right, on that. Now hold on. The Xavier comment. <laughs> I'm going back to that for a minute yep. because if Kaiser Gates is on this team, it's a different fucking team. And are they, they better than a 10 seed? Well, they're not a 10 seed, so. You were wrong. Probably looking at the bubble this year. That, yeah, they, they probably they, are. I think they would well, be an eight or nine seed. If you give them four no, more wins, no. which I think Kaiser's worth, what With are a they? A little senior leadership on the squad. Twenty-two and ten, and I think they're better than a ten seed. Gina Crandall would have been nice too. Yeah. Eighty-one right. and eighty-one, more interesting. But at the end of the day, they're in the toughest division of baseball, um, and I still don't think they have the talent to compete with the Cardinals, Cubs. And I mean, who knows about the Brewers this year? They might take a step back, but 81 81, and I'll say they're sellers at the deadline as well. If they're 81 and 81, they better be sellers. No. I think they hover around 500 all year. I'm going to go with 86 wins. And I was thinking that before you said 87, Brian, but uh, I'm going to go 86 wins, and I think that they will. I think they'll be sellers at the deadline, but I think they'll be ineffective at selling because they've done a lot of this the last few years where they're like, Well yeah. we're gonna we're gonna trade a roll as Chapman right after he punched somebody and shut a hole in his wall. That was a poor decision, by the way, <laughs> yeah, as it yeah. turns out. Well, so that wasn't their first poor decision on Chapman. 
True. And as but if, if as we take credit away, we have to also give credit. There, there's been plenty of good trades. I mean, the uh, I don't like to use the term, but they trade raped. Uh, <laughs> they trade raped the Detroit Tigers for Eugenio Suarez. Like that was. Yeah. They traded. Like <laughs> I thought you were going with the Dodger trade this offseason, but yes. No, happened. I mean that was like. That's just completely. That was like a double homicide. Felonious, yeah. Like the uh, the guy, the nickname of the pitcher was Big Pasta. They traded a cold bowl of linguine with no sauce <laughs> for a guy that's an all-star caliber third yeah. baseman and a, a three to five hitter in their lineup. Two to five. Uh, so this is actually not really funny, but when. Uh, when we were when Amy was pregnant, we were up at Bye Bye Baby like trying to get stuff for the kids. And uh, who who did we run into up there other than Eugenio and his wife? Because they have a daughter that's like the same age as our guys. He's five ten and fatter than I am, <laughs> and he makes about a hundred thousand times more than I do. Good well, for him. Well. Did he pick up your Bye Bye Baby stuff? No, on, he did not. Damn. And he's on a great deal for the Reds. Yeah. Seven years, $77 million, uh, which, yeah, that's a pretty crazy. Absurd. That's like a, a bargain deal in baseball. Yeah. 12 years, $430 million. <laughs> yeah, Mike yeah. Trout signed yeah. this week. Oh, yeah, we got to do our you national. Bryce, you think gotta, Bryce Harper's feeling salty right now? We got to yes. do our national we baseball roundup like we did. Uh, Mike Trout just signed a, a 12-year Four hundred and thirty million dollar yeah, deal, and uh, Bryce Harper's like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> yeah. And the fact is, Mike Trout's way better. He is way better, but I honestly thought like people were getting more reasonable, like when Machado and Harper both signed for like three hundred, three thirty. I was like, the market is like coming back, coming back, and then. The angels were just like, hold my beer. <laughs> we're not going to give them an extra, you know, twenty million. We're going to go full one hundred million dollars over market for Mike Trout, even though the rest of our team is kind of trash. Yeah, there's a lot. You can't let Mike Trout leave. You can't. You can't. Well, you can't. He's a once. A, a, He's, He's a, a generational, generational talent. Type, t- talent, like you just well, can't let like him the walk away. You can't let Joey Votto leave, but maybe you do because you can't afford it. That's because you're the Reds. And Bad analogy. But. And that pay, that contract right now, like Joey Votto, is still underpaid. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think that contract was a bad contract for. That's Votto. aging well. Like, he's a freak. Yeah, I think Mike Trout's a, Mike Trout is a freak also, but. Man, that's a lot of money. It's a half a billion dollars. But the other, thing, the other difference is the Angels have, I, I believe the Angels have a massive TV deal. Yeah, so I mean, it's, they're in LA. I mean, it's not as big of a of a commitment as it would be for, say, the Reds. Yeah, it's completely different markets, right? I mean, yes. And they gave it to Pujols, and that didn't work out so great. But uh, I think that they need to surround him. I think that that's got to be the focus now for the Angels is drafting and developing and then surrounding him with a little more talent yeah. from a free agency standpoint, which I don't know how you do that. But they do have way... What, 24 years old? They, they have way deeper coffers than uh, the old Cincinnati Red Legs. Not you let him bad. walk and go somewhere else. I mean, you're, you're never yeah. going to get that back. And no one wants to see... No one, other than those in the Bronx, wants to see him 
go to New York, no. play for the Yankees, but or even I, I even me who I kind of like the Red Sox a little bit. I don't like the Red Sox, but I root for them over New York. I, I don't want to see him go there. Either. No, so but I would have been interested. I would have been interested if him and Bryce Harper were both in Philly. That would have been fun. True. That could have been interesting. Not a bad life though to you know get yeah. half a billion dollars to live in Southern California, right. huh? Well, the, one of the things that I heard today, which was amazing, is when Artie Moreno bought the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever they are. I think he paid two hundred and three around around two hundred million dollars. Then he just signed somebody this year for four hundred and thirty million. So it would appear that that investment. Has paid off. He's doing okay. Yeah. yeah, like you know, let's let's hold off and see. <laughs> yeah, people forget that Don or that uh, Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers, not the Lakers, the Clippers for a billion. So yeah, Southern California sports teams doing well, doing very well. We're going to talk about that next episode. <laughs> well, <'cause> financially <laughs> anyway, Clippers are good. The Clippers are a rising team in the West, and they're young. And they have a young nucleus, and they just locked up Doc Rivers. And thus concludes our roundup. Good time to stop. Of national <laughs> sports. Just announced, by the way, Xavier at Texas Sunday, Sunday. 4 p.m. Oh. Right in the heart of the NCAA tournament. Man. Do not forget to turn to ESPN to watch your Musketeers take on the Longhorns. Yeah, and the NCAA Smart move losing NCAA. some ratings because that's a must-watch. I mean, that yeah, that's a big game. Big time stuff. All right. Well, that'll do it for sports intoxication. Our intoxication, my intoxication right now is being brought to you by a little High West Double Rye. Bud Light. Bud Light. Uh, Listerman's. <laughs> He's going back to the beginning. Yeah, I like it. That's feeling good tonight. Yeah. Like, I this also is- had one Labatt Blue at the stadium, so I will go the with stadium. Labatt Blue. This is like, this is like intoxication <laughs> CSI. Like, I love this. This is actually really good. We, we all should, next time we're going to work on this because that was really actually interesting. I mean, the most important thing is that none of us have corn syrup in our drinks right That's now. True. <laughs> I love sure. corn syrup, though. <laughs> Not high fructose. Yeah. Normal corn just, syrup, very good. That's true. I'd rather have corn syrup than no corn just syrup. But regular fructose. Yeah. You're just drinking rice syrup right now is what you're doing. Yeah. 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 And we're it's off the rails time. again. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Don't forget, this episode, as is every episode, brought to you by the CWC, the Cincinnati Wood Collaborative, your best source for custom Cincinnati wood furniture. Whatever you want, they'll make it, they'll put it in your house, they'll do whatever you need, and they'll make it the way you want it, the size you want it, it's the best you can get. And if your company's looking for some cheap social media marketing, we're the podcast for you. Give us a holler, reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, we're here, we'll advertise for you, just let us know spots available but filling up fast <laughs>